The experience is interesting and the question takes us to a very interesting place. She said, when I used to meditate, on my third eye, I used to see light. I don't see light anymore. Now I just seem to go somewhere. And I don't know where I go. And I don't know what happens. And then I'm back in my body. And when I said to her, okay, and so what's the problem there? She said, well, I don't know where I go. These are the games of the thinking mind that does everything it can to pull us out of spiritual experience. What do you mean you don't have a name for that? What do you mean you can't explain that? What do you mean you don't understand it? Therefore, it must not be real, right? That's, that's what the thinking mind does. We're in the midst of this incredible experience, and the thinking mind goes, huh, I wonder if this is what samadhi is. Yeah, they said samadhi is going to be something. I'll bet I'm having samadhi. And then, boom, of course, you're out of it because you can't simultaneously be in samadhi and be trying to figure out whether you are in samadhi. So these, these are the games that the thinking mind plays on us. If when you meditate, you find that you go somewhere, as you said, and you don't know where it is and you don't know who you are, Meaning, if I can put words in your mouth, but stop me if they're wrong, you dissolve. The part of you that has got a vice-like death grip on reality is no longer able to hold on. Reality slips through the wheels of the vice. slips through your thinking mind and just is. And you're not even aware of it until you have come back. Well, that sounds to me very beautiful. I would, I would worry more about my drive to name it and understand it than I would worry about what's happening. There's basically nothing wrong that can happen in meditation unless you find that every time you come out of meditation, you've actually got shopping lists and to-do lists. I mean, if you, find, if you find that you're spending your meditation making shopping lists, you may want to rethink the practice or just you know start a practice of making a shopping list before you meditate so that it no longer has to be done during your meditation. But other than that, there's nothing that happens that's wrong. Some people see light. Some people see lights of certain colors. Some people see shapes. Some people see nothing. There's nothing that's right or wrong. There's not, there's not a ladder that says, oh, if you see this, you're really advanced. If you see that, you're, you're still kind of in the beginning stage. Meditation is taking you back to the truth of who you are. 
And it comes through a lot of ways. It interacts with a lot of things. It interacts with our subconscious. It interacts even on the most basic level with light from the outside coming in through our eyelids. I mean, just the most purely physical, neurological level. But that which happens inside of us, that's what's important. And so if you find that you are dissolving into spaciousness, dissolving into nameless, formless being, well, that's beautiful. Stay with that. Do not allow yourself to get worked up by the thinking mind saying, but what are you going to call that? What does that mean? What is that? <coughs> the most beautiful things in life, from love to spiritual experience, are things that were actually really very inadequate at properly describing, properly naming, properly boxing up. It's almost like the more beautiful something is, the less easy it is to stick it in a box. Frustration, easy, I know that box. Greed, okay, I know that box. Jealousy, I know that box. But divine intoxication, well, that's kind of a different sort of box. It's not really a box. And so, the deeper you get into that space, the fewer words there are going to be. It reminds me of my, my favorite story of Paramahansa Sri Ramakrishna, an incredible, incredible mystic. And he, he, just, he used to go off into these, these states of samadhi, of trance, of divine intoxication. And his, his disciples were, were begging him one day to please share with them what his experience was. What was he feeling? And so, oh, and, and, and about the chakras and to tell them about the different chakras and the different energy levels and what it felt like to move up. And so he starts low and he takes them kind of one by one and what it feels like and what it looks like. And then he would just go into his trance. Long before he got even, you know, halfway there, he, in his ecstatic trance, and the devotees would just sit around and wait for him to come down, and then he would start all over again, and then same thing would happen. He would get kind of halfway and go into his trance, and finally... Finally, he looks at his disciples with tears streaming down his face, and he says, I'm trying to tell you. I want to tell you, but the mother just won't let me. So there's, there's a historical precedent for being speechless. Don't worry about that. It's beautiful. Just keep doing whatever you're doing.